Hello, this is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Now, about two years ago, I saw a post on Reddit titled, My friend showed me her comic strip for feedback before she entered it into a competition. It won, and today the summoning came out on Cartoon Hangover. Now, when I saw that post, it had racked up nearly a thousand comments, and the video it linked to was well over a million views. I think it's actually around four million views now. So when I watched it, I immediately fell in love like everyone else who's seen it. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to link it in the description. It's a great little short. It's about this clever cat witch and her cat sidekick and their poo-eating bunny nemesis, and it's just great. Um, and, I, and I saw this post well before I began my own journey into animation, and to me at the time it seemed really impossible that someone could just, you know, write a comic and then somehow get it made into a complete show pitch and a ridiculously good one at that. So here I am today talking with Elise Castro from Australia, and it's actually very early in the morning for me here in Toronto, and she is the one who wrote The Summoning, and we're going to chat about what her journey was like turning it into a show and what's next for her. So thank you so much for being here, Elise. How are you doing today? Going very well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, Yay. Can you give me a little (laughs) background on who you are and what you do right now? Yeah, um, so I am, I guess, a creator for Frederator, um, made the summoning, but in my normal day, I'm a high school teacher, and on the weekends, I am a tattooist. Um, yeah, I guess I'm living like a double life. Trip, maybe a triple life. That's like three a different triple lives. life, yeah. Triple life. Okay. Well, how did you become uh, maybe a tattoo artist in the first place and, and then a high school teacher? Good question. Um, like any wonderful student, I graduated high school, went to university. I did my um, undergraduate degree in creative industries and then decided I hated it and became a tattoo apprentice. Um, so, yeah, then I tattooed for about four years. And um, I guess I started uh, like questioning whether that was the right path for me and decided to go back to university to um, pursue teaching and teaching the arts because I really love the arts. And yeah, I really thought I I maybe had more to offer than just uh, like solid creative job 24-7. But um, no, I've come back to it as well, and now I do it on the weekends because I missed it. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but so you're a tattoo artist, which I think is interesting in relation to being a show creator because it's artistic in the sense that you're drawing and stuff and creating yeah. ideas. Where did you pick up uh, your talent for drawing in the first place? Was that in university the first time? No, um, <laughs> I think. Uh... Like, ever since primary school, I was told by other people that I was, like, good. So then I was like, oh, okay, I must be good. So I just kept doing it, I guess. And, um, yeah, I did really well in high school. I, like, won some art awards. And then I kept doing it in university. My focus at uni was more on theater than anything. Um, Uh I wanted to be, like, playwright and director, but... Yeah, I just wasn't in love with working with other people. <laughs> the actors were a bit needy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but like, I've seen I've seen your art on Instagram and your tattoos and stuff, and they're 
like very refined and and like you're very talented also is that completely self-taught then um i guess yeah. yeah i've of course had like so many wonderful like people in my life and like artists that i'm friends with and like even now when i'm tattooing i have a wonderful mentor sean henry who is like helping me get better at like my craft and i would never dismiss like these people and giving me like um, help and guidance and it's so important that um, you reach out and ask for that help and advice and how you can do things better and I think that's one probably one thing that's always been like a push would be like mom would always say like you know you can do better and like you need to ask for feedback and stuff like this and so I've always been quite critical but really loved having people tell me how I can improve I guess yeah well that's that's great and that makes sense um what about the storytelling uh your talent for storytelling where did that come from do you think playing Barbies <laughs> <laughs> wait so like young Elise just like playing with Barbies coming up with like full-on scripts for feature-length yes. films and stuff well I can't uh, ignore <laughs> you know, you know, the like, significant yeah, well, my sister and I had, like, uh, Barbie Land, um, which was, like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. There was, like, a room full of Barbies, and we, like, made a town. There was, like, a caravan park where all, like, the trailer trash Barbies lived, and there was, like, stables, and then we had, like, I don't know what you guys would call it, but it was, like, a Maya, um, so, like, a big shopping center or mall. Um okay. Yeah, and like the Fold and Fun house, we had vets, we had like where the teenagers would hang out, and yeah. So we had like some pretty epic storylines. And now, some of them... well, when I see Barbie Land come to theaters, I'm going to know who it's from. <laughs> My God, I'll try and find you a photo of it as well. <laughs> Please, I love it. it. So wait, when you're, when, you're like, when you're like creating a story, do you go back to Barbie Land and think like, okay, what did like Natasha do at the mall? Be interesting. <laughs> oh my god, I should. I haven't even thought to do that. <laughs> there are some crazy. I don't think they're PG. Some of them though. Rebecca what? And I were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, now I'm super interested. Um. <laughs> so maybe let's fast forward a little bit and talk about like the juicy Frederator stuff. So. Okay. Uh, what's what inspired you to pitch to Frederator in the first place? Like you'd never really. Have you had you like written pitches before and stuff, or are you just kind of like, hey, I'm, today I'm gonna pitch. What up? Uh, yeah, probably more of the second one. Um, <laughs> there was like growing up, I guess, all the cartoons that I really loved. Um, you would like hear the Frederator thing at the end, like, and so I just like had it in my head, like, okay, this is absolutely something that I want to do because I'd been like writing comics for a while and um I just started looking stuff up and Frederator on their site like said you could pitch to them so I was like okay I'll send them an email and so I um sent an email and expected nothing like that is the absolute truth I expected nothing and was like, I did it. I sent an email. Woohoo! And like, was ready to just like stop. <laughs> but um, no, I got, a, I got a reply and it had like constructive criticism, which, as I explained, I freaking love. 
So, um, yeah, then I just, like, uh, I think I changed it quite quickly and, like, sent back and awaited their reply. And, yeah, it kind of just kept going from there. How long did they take to reply the first time? Was it, like, right away or did you wait a couple of months and forget about it? That's a really good question. I think it was, it wasn't immediate. It might have yeah. been, like, a, a week or a couple of weeks, something oh, like that. So, um, I know that the summoning was actually kind of like your third official pitch to mm. Predator. What was, what was the first one? Can you like go through the first one for us? Like, can you tell us what you put in it? Like, what was this pitch? Like just an email? What was in that email? True. Um, so I had, I guess I draw everything out like comic book E. So I had sketched it like a comic book. Um, and it had been also been published in a Brisbane um, comic as well. So I had like all the great art that I could just submit. And um, yeah, it was called The Eyes and it was about a seeing eye dog, I guess. And these two girls catching a train saw this seeing eye dog and were like, oh my God, I want to pat it. And the guy who owned it, I, this sounds so dumb, the guy who <laughs> had the seeing eye dog was blind but, like, had incredible, like, hearing powers, and they were like, you need to go work for the government. And he jumps out the train and dies, and the seeing-eye dog is all by himself. And so they go over and pat him, and then they realize he's an all-seeing-eye dog. Oh, my God. And he can, like, tell the future and stuff. (laughs) So So I actually saw this pitch, (laughs) and it's it's quite ridiculous. I didn't know he dies. He like flies up into the sky. I thought he was fine. Oh no! You yeah, I gave you like the originals. I couldn't find the final one, which is oh so ridiculous. God, the final one, you kill him. Okay, great. Yeah, All I right. do. He jumps out the window, and they like watch him, and they're like, "Oh wait!" And then there's a huge thud, and he's dead. Well, he deserved to die because if he was willing to just leave his dog on the train by himself, then his all seeing yeah. idol. I yeah um yeah it's quite a interesting pitch and I, I mean i enjoyed it especially because i've seen your final pitch um uh, the final comic for the summoning too so it's quite different uh so it's just you just wrote an email and you're like hi my name is elise how are you fred here's a comic please make a show the end bye write me back like what did the email say like how did you um, work that out i, I think it was yeah along the I, Along the lines of like, here is um, an idea. Like, thank you for your time. It was like that. I, I never really ever wrote anything with expectation. Like, make it into a show. Like, I never did that. I was just like, yeah, here it is. Bye. <laughs> so okay. So what was so this was that was the first pitch. What was some of the feedback that you got? Uh, like, what what kind of uh, things did they say about it? And what made they what? What made you change it into the summoning? Because the summoning is like 100% different than the original pitch. Yeah. Well, there was a step in between. I can't even remember. I think I called it the speech. Um, so the feedback from the eyes was it was too morbid. And which makes sense. Like, if this, yeah, it had a rough ending too. So, um, well, then I was like, okay, I'll scale it back and scaled it back and so my next um idea i guess was um still really character driven but it 
resembled uh, was very 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 G rated and didn't take advantage of the medium of cartoon or animation um I yeah the fe- and then the next feedback was basically that like you need to take advantage of um what this medium is and what you can do with it and you know the I'm sure you would have heard this next thing from Fred, but it's like creating characters that you'd want to hang out with um, and like that you think are like cool. And so for the last one, I was like, okay, 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 here we go. This is it. So I just, um, I guess I based those characters a lot off myself and my sister. Um, Like, but we're both, both of the characters. Um, Like I've split our personalities into both. Um, so it just like, I guess it was more inspired by real life and by us and it just like hit home a bit more that way because it, it read true. So, so what you're saying is, uh, you are actually really cool in person and people would want to hang out with you. So you <laughs> created a character based on yourself. <laughs> oh wow. That um, sounded so wanky. I didn't mean it I'm like just that. kidding. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, I did interview Fred in, in a previous episode, and he is all about a uh, character you'd want to hang out with. So I really like that advice. Um, yeah. So I, another thing that I think is great. So for me, like when I work on an idea and I get feedback, I just keep working on the same idea until I either kill it or just get frustrated with it or something. And I find it hard to you know, move on to a different idea completely. And you were able to do that no problem. So is that just something that you used to your advantage or did you feel like the other ones were not workable? Like what, what made you completely scrap each idea as you went along and just create a new idea completely? Like when you got the feedback that it was too morbid, you didn't just make it less morbid. You made an entirely new show that was less morbid. And when that new show got the feedback that it was too, uh, it wasn't, you know, um, cartoon, taking advantage of cartoon uh, elements, you scrapped that idea and created a completely new one. So like, why, what made you keep doing that, I guess? Um, So I think it would be really important to not flog a dead horse, number one. Um, So that is, so with the first one, I feel like the characters are kind of similar in all of them like we have like this same kind of duo thing that happens where you've got like your straight man and your funny man and this is like throughout many eras of comedy um so i always kept that element i guess and then just like i changed the uh situation so i did i don't feel like i lost everything I, i feel like i was still super inspired and just like ready to move on and it's very important in a way not to be so married to your ideas that you can't let anyone change them or like even yourself you can't let them go because that's like not what uh, that's not what art is as well because as soon as you hand it over it's everyone's um so you just need to be really ready to um to be adaptable to change and stuff yeah i like what you said about as soon as you hand over art it's kind of everyone's because that that is, yeah, I've never heard it put so poignantly before, but I like that a lot. Um, so can you go through the actual pitch uh, for the summoning? So, like, you just sent an email with another comic in it, or did you do, like, a Skype call and, like, 
actually pitch it and do voices and stuff. I've heard of people doing that. Like, what was the overall experience for the final pitch for the summoning? And maybe if you could do like a synopsis of the show as well. Okay. So from the very start, I yeah, I just sent in a, a document, which was the comic. Um, and just being like, hi, I've tried again. This is the summoning. <laughs> I hope you like it, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to keep emailing you until I get it. Yeah. Basically, Shangela. Um, and then, yeah, then I got a, then I got a Skype call. So after that, they were like, hey, we're interested. And I nearly died. Um, and so then I spoke to, um, I believe, yeah, I spoke to someone that time. And then it just, it kept getting passed on, I guess. So I talked about it. Oh, I had to change something. That's right. I had to raise the stakes the first time. And so I, I raised the stakes and I sent it back. And then I got a um, another Skype call. And then it just became like Skype call, Skype call, Skype call. And there was a lot of time in between this. Like this, this did not happen overnight. This was like from the time I first pitched um, to like when it's come out. It's been like four years. It's That's been a, a long time. Um, and uh, so yeah, from what you were saying before, like yeah, we did. I did have to um, read it out loud and do all the characters, and um, I guess they get you to do that to like set the pace, set the tone, get an idea of what like your comedy is like and how stuff's meant to be read. Because um, it's kind of just like reading a text message. It's like I don't really get the tone of this, and I can read into it. But I need to hear the person like say it so I can fully understand it. So I totally get why they do that. Um, so I did that uh, to lots of people at Frederator. Then I did it to Fred at Frederator, and then we and then I read it again as all the characters to Sony Animation. Um, and then once all of that happened, it yeah it, um, yeah stuff started getting moving along, and they were happy, and it was good. And then like I was just always in shock that any of this was still happening and like doesn't feel real and like you could say it but you wouldn't believe it and I feel like if you said it you would like feel like it might go away almost (laughs) and so it was just like very like scary and nerve-wracking at the same time because you wanted it to work out but you didn't want to have super high expectations um Yeah. What was the second part of your question? Well, that's that's great. Thank you. But also, um, can you just kind of give a synopsis of what it's about? Or if you want to do the original pitch with all the voices, too? Get out. <laughs> I'm not doing that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so God. the summoning is about a little witchy. Um, she's like a wood elf slash cat hybrid. Um, she's summoning uh she's trying to finish this potion so she can summon a demon to do her dirty work and her and her familiar her cat edgar are trying to finish the potion but they don't have one of the ingredients and the final ingredient is troll fat so they need to obtain some troll fat um and do you want me to tell the whole story oh whatever you like everything um whatever you like (laughs) sure everything (laughs) Edgar has also stolen the neighbor um, Fluff Top's cabbage that's full of chocolate. And he's eating it 
And Claire's like, you shouldn't be stealing things. But he's like, well, you shouldn't be planning to murder people. And she's like, oh, okay, shit. Um, so they eventually find out where to get troll fat from. And Claire has siphoned it from a tube. And it's not pretty. realizes, <laughs> is repulsed, begins eating dirt. The man she's getting it from explains to her they're on a troll's, I mean, a giant's head, and she's actually eating dandruff and not dirt. Um, so then more chaos ensues. He also explains that it's not chocolate that Edgar's eating from this cabbage. It is, in fact, rabbit's poo stash. Because this is real. Rabbits in li- real life do... Um, hide their poo and eat it later because it's got like extra nutrients in it and I love that people checked that, that they fact checked that because I'm like yes I'm teaching you things children <laughs> out of all the things to fact check like the dandruff or the siphoning the fat it's <laughs> wait are those true as well poo, joke. poo jokes you bread and butter um yeah, and so she comes back, she gets the troll fat, puts it in the potion, yay, she can, like, deal with this, like, dirty work. And um, we find out she's not actually keeping someone hostage and going to kill someone. She summoned a cleaning demon, and his name is Scourer, which is a joke that's gone over um, many people's heads. Because what? in Australia, a Scourer is a cleaning device. Yeah, but, like, you scour stuff, like pots and pans and whatever. Yes! Yep. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you get it, because that that was a... that. Thank you for that dab. That was a second... <laughs> a second joke, I guess. Or whatever joke. Yeah, I, I remember having to explain that to someone, and I was like, oh, God, it's not funny if you have to explain it. Oh, my gosh. Guys, there are two jokes in my short. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the second one. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, yeah, thank you so much for. And he's getting rid of all the soap scum, so it was a bit of a lull. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I green light your show, so thank from you, that Ray. pitch. You so can animate it. I don't know how. <laughs> so, great, I can. Um, so, when you saw the final animation, how did it? How did it feel? Like, was it what you expected? Was it, you know, can just go through that? Yes, because I had a lot of um, say the entire time, which was incredible. So, like, even things as minute as, like, water detailing, like when, like, Claire would splash water, they would um, clarify with me what kind of effect I would like. So, yes, I think I've... I had a lot to do with everything, I guess, like making decisions and um, and where I wasn't sure, I had a team that I could ask and that was wonderful. So it was very collaborative, but I absolutely got a say in a lot of it. So the final product was something that um, I had really envisioned and was very proud of. And like especially hearing the Federator sound at the end, um, it just, it was very surreal and, um, like, to know that I'd made something with them, it, yeah, I still feel like this is pretend. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Uh, how has the journey been since the short was made? Because that was uh, a couple of years ago now. Yes. Um, 
it's been like at at first it was like huge because we had all the shorts come out um and that was so exciting because you would get to see were there 12 altogether so we got to like see 12 and um how different they all are and like you could see like the target audience for each and so getting to like watch and like be part of even that the incubator program was so much fun because you got to watch and um like see all the different all the other talent and like creators ideas and stuff so that was really exciting and then there was also like all the um the fan response to the summoning which was intense and unexpected and so humbling and welcoming a welcome by me and uh like I couldn't understand it and like people are just so talented I guess like the drawings I would like save them and I show them to everyone and I'm like look at what this person's done like it's so good and I'm like employ them <laughs> so yeah the whole thing in that way is so fantastic and from that um because we've had such a like large response I'm able to like try and find a home for a series now which is um out of control um so it's yeah it's all very exciting so you're you're currently so for the first step was to pitch a show to Frederator, and now this next step is for Frederator and you to pitch it to networks. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah. Random question from from before. How long did it take you to put together the pitch in the first place? Because I just realized you were just recreating it from scratch when you got feedback. Was it like I'm gonna go do this now and email you by the end of today, or was it like weeks in between or something? Um, at that. Uh, yeah, this was a f few years ago now. I was very quick, I think, um, at that time. Um, so I remember they would give feedback. Yeah, I think I had sometimes it was like the next day or the next couple of days I had got it done um, and would email something back uh, if, if that was like a revision for the story. If it was like coming up with a completely new idea, it would probably be a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Between. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just couldn't believe someone replied to me. So I was like, <gasps> I have to keep doing yeah. stuff because this is awesome. Yeah, great. Well, and, and I like that you were showing like Frederator the fan art. That's really nice. <laughs> and I've also seen so many people cosplay Claire, which I think is really cool. She has such like a oh unique look with the, the star on her head and everything and the makeup and stuff. So. I know yeah. everyone just looks so beautiful. Ah, um, so what is your exact role uh, with the summoning right now? So it's getting pitched around. What, what do you, and you, so you went through the process of uh, kind of being the art director and creative director for the, the actual sh short. Uh, what is your role now? Um, I don't know how to define it, I guess. Um, like I'm still super heavily involved um like we came up with the world i'm working with um the fabulous mike yank he's uh helped me put together like uh the pitch bible and like ideas for the first season and we work together um to flesh that out and make it make sense and but yeah i've still like been very heavily involved and i still get to basically decide what's what and um 
get advice from the wonderful team at Federator and everything like this. Like, I, it's honestly a ridiculous blessing. <laughs> nice. Can, can you share, like, any specifics about um, something you might have worked on recently? Like you said, the Pitch Bible? I don't know if that's allowed. No, I don't know either. <laughs> okay, so we'll skip that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, well, this is all so great. And, um, you know, one, one thing that I find, like I said before, you know, when I was originally thinking about getting into the animation industry, everyone I talked to said that I should go to animation school, which I'm now doing. So I think it's really great that you didn't go to animation school, uh, yet, you, you know, there's so many hopefuls that want to create a show like you've done. So what's your take on all this? Mm -hmm. Like you, I guess you're not you didn't you don't have like a background in because in animation school we have to kind of create a pitch bible in some sense we have to create characters we have to create stories kind of for classes and stuff so what's what's your take on all this not having that background like i completely understand why people give that advice um but i never really wanted to be an animator like i didn't want to animate other people's stories because I guess I did a lot of that in like when I was like doing some like comic stuff I would illustrate other people's stories and like I think from that experience I realized hey I like to tell stories too so I'm going to draw my own stories um so my passion really I guess would lie more in like storytelling and um character journeys and illustration as opposed to wanting to animate. So animation has like never really jumped out at me as something that I want to do. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily something you need to do if you want to, um, like if you want to be a storyteller because um, like there are other ways of going about it. But if you can't draw, then I guess... <laughs> why not like to try something else and um like there could be stop motion or claymation or any of these things that you could do it just has to be like where your passion is and following that and i don't think it's a terrible idea like if you want to work in the animation um industry to do that because if you want to be a part of that particular industry then fantastic but um i didn't really want to have that as my job i guess Makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's it like? So it's been, uh, I guess, four, more than four years, I guess, that you've been working on the same show idea. And is that is that like completely satisfactory to you? Do you have like other ideas for shows that you are working on as well? Or like, what's it like working on the same thing over and over again? Um, I don't really have like other ideas for shows to answer that bit first it's been really fun being able to like plan out ideas for the summoning um and like characters and storylines and like parts of the world and stuff like this so I guess it's just been able to allow me to like delve deep deeper into this idea and this world um which is so much fun and I like I really hope that we get to share more and um, more of the world because it would be, that would be the ultimate, I guess. Yeah, sweet. 
So uh, I guess we kind of talked about what's next for you, but like, what is next for you? Like, what are the stages of, of what you're working on? Um, so yeah, now we're just trying to find a home for the summoning so that we can do this um, first series. And then I honestly have no idea what happens after that because I've never done this before. <laughs> so I, I guess we would be working on it a bit um, more like full time, which would be completely new. So because yeah. we haven't you done have that, to, would you have to move to the states or something like that? Do you think, or you'll know when you get there, type of thing? I don't think I will have to because. It, with technology being as awesome as it is and how we've kind of negotiated so far, how, like, even with the short, because I was um, voicing Claire as well, um, like, working with recording studios and, like, all of these things, we, like, navigated it pretty easily. Um, and the time difference stuff works out, like, like, like most of the time we'll work out and we're just on email a lot. So I honestly don't know. But if they asked me to come and visit, I totally would because I've never been to America. And then you can come to Canada too and, and I, we can have coffee. <laughs> yes. And I can meet Moose. Yeah, we can. Our dogs, you can bring your dogs. We'll have a dog meetup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I'm totally down for that. I'll just meet you in the Yay. dog park. Oh cool. Um, yeah, well, well. Uh, thank you so much for sharing everything. What kind of advice would you have for someone who wants to pitch their own show or is intimidated to do that or whatnot? Um, well, first of all, if you want to pitch, get your story and get your idea and put it together the best way you know how. So if you're a drawer, draw it. If you like computer art, do it on the computer, which I cannot do, and I'm so jealous of all of you who can. And if you're an animator, put together a short animation, anything like this. Just think of, like, what's the best way I can sell myself? And then um, see so once you have that together, just email it. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, just try. Like, you might get feedback. You might not. But at least you sent it. And, like, that was an achievement in itself to me when I did it. So... I think it, even just having the guts to do that and then then you have to fake it till you make it, honestly. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sweet. Was there anything else you wanted to, to end off on? Any, any other things you wanted to chat about? Because I think we've chatted about pretty much everything we plan to so far. Yeah, I don't know. What do... Cool. So your listeners, are these are mostly people in your cohort? Yeah, they're mostly my classmates, but, um, you know, there there are people that, like, follow me and just find it randomly on the internet that I listen to it as well, so. That's so cool. <laughs> that, yeah, I, what do you do in animation school? So are they, so do we, would you know how to, like, even animate, so this would be, like, um, would you want to animate your own show if you made one? Yeah, I think so. I, I really like... Um, like I did a yearly comic or a daily comic for a year, I mean, and like the funnest part for me was coming up with the stories and the designs and stuff. Um, and then the, the like process that I just enjoyed was making it. So 
if I were to do my own show, I think I would really like to come up with the stories and ideas and how everything plans out. And then if I was an animator, I'd be an animator. If not, I'd still come up with the stories and ideas. Like kind of what you were talking about sounds like what I would like to be doing on my own show. So. Well, I think you should just pitch. Okay, gonna do it. <laughs> I've made a goal it? for myself to pitch this summer, so I'll let you know how it goes. Yay! You just have to do like something short. That's all. Yeah. Just like you saw right, what I said. Maybe I'll run my pitch by you first, and if I can sell it to you, then uh, then then that's cool then. Yay! So <laughs> I honestly, you don't. I don't think you need that much. First of all, like. Yep. Honestly, what I'd sent you, those three things, was pretty much, it's just a snippet. It's just part of your idea. Yeah, like, there was there was no, like, there wasn't really much world building. There was no, like, character backgrounds. It was just, like, you're in a scene, here's the characters interacting, the end type of thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and so, because for me, like, I have so much in my mind about like, oh, I have to have like a huge background and the story's so well developed or the world so well developed and like additional characters that could come in if needed. And really, it's just like from what I saw from yours, it's just like, here's some characters, like them or not, they're in a situation, it's fun, the end. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Okay. All right. <laughs> we just, just need that clear. Um, moment of tension, I guess. So if you're doing like tension of relationship or um, tension of task or tension of surprise or like just think of just very clearly what it is. For friend so what, what is the moment of tension uh, for your, the summoning, the pitch, the summoning, if you could just describe that. Is tension of task because she needs to get troll fat. So the tension of the whole short is is there, but then at the end you've got the twist as well, which okay. is very my kind of humor. <laughs> so like you so have it's all the like expectations of how things are going to happen, and then we change them. Like that's sure makes sense. Like, it's like the point of the episode is to make this potion, but we can't do it, so we have to go on a journey to figure out how to do it. That's the right. sweet, cool. Maybe you should run like a little workshop on uh, storytelling and stuff. Terry, I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I take back those words. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to eat my words later on. So. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. I do. I do workshop. There you go. But some of the kids don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, all right, shut up now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they don't say that to your face. Uh, um, and if they do, you should uh, teach them a lesson, I guess, because you're a teacher. They're pretty funny. So <laughs> cool. Well, um, uh, I think we could just wrap things up here unless there's anything else you want to chat about or questions you have. I, I'm pretty satisfied with everything I asked. Well, the only other thing I was just going to say before is, especially if you're pitching to Frederator, just remember, like, their target audience is going to be around, like, the younger teen age. So, which was something, I guess, that was not working with my first pitch because that was definitely, like, not a child-friendly idea. So, 
like Adventure Time does it so well, and we see that with Adventure Time. Like you can watch it as a kid, you can watch it as an adult, and there's something for everyone. Um, but yeah, if when you do yours, just, just remember keeping it keep it simple, but remember who your audience is. Gotcha. So don't have any blind men jump out of a window and die. Well, I don't know. They might like that now. Like. <laughs> okay, coming up with my pitch, it's going to call, be called Blind Man Jumping Out of a Window and Dies. <laughs> They'll be like, wait a minute, we've seen this before. <laughs> but now we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I would <laughs> It's out Ooh. there now. It's everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's mine now. That's what it means. <laughs> okay, make it better than one. All right, well, well, thank you so much, Elise, for coming on. It's been really great to chat. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm really happy that I got to meet you because I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Yay. So, great. <laughs> <laughs> Love your my subtle dabs, yeah. Sorry, you can't see that if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, thank you so much. And if you want to follow Elise, uh, I'll put her Instagram link in the bottom of this uh, description of the podcast. And uh, that's all for now. Okay, bye.